Hey guys, you're listening to my show, Historic Looks, Fashion Looks, live every Tuesday at 6pm. Today I'm going to be talking about all about fashion, again part two of fashion in movies, but also we're going to be looking into animal cruelty when it comes to um, fur and products that are used from animals fur to make fashionable clothing and how that has kind of gone throughout the years. But to kick it all off, we're going to listen to a track from Lady Gaga first, Fashion. And after that, we're going to be breaking down all 101, 101 Dalmatians and the fashion behind that. Because that was definitely, again, when we think about um, 101 Dalmatians, we think about those dramatic, dramatic outfits. So here we are, Lady Gaga, Fashion. So guys, that was Lady Gaga, Fashion. And I suppose that, again, that iconic song and amazing uh, music video. But anyway, we're going to be breaking down 101 Dalmatians. So basically, the actress that plays Cruella Deville is Glenn Close. And one particularly <laughs> famous quote from her um, throughout the whole movie is basically where she says this. It's my only true love, darling. I live for fur. For I worship fur. And this is a quote from Cruella. She loved fashion. You can see this in the movie, but there's almost this eccentric madness about the character where we kind of, we, I guess, I suppose we don't really get to see what she's like in her, her early life. We are only really introduced to her in her midlife and we'd call this like a midlife crisis, this movie, where we can basically see her her obsession with fur and animals and, I suppose, the exploitation of the dog dog skin and dog fur um, and the thing about it is this movie was produced for two main reasons obviously the first one was the, the love of fashion that you can see from the designers like Anthony Powell um, that designed all the looks but also it was really to highlight the importance of bringing awareness to the industry when it comes to animal cruelty in the fashion world because I did basically I've been researching for the last two weeks and what I have found is incredibly in some ways disturbing but also mostly shocking and I cannot understand how we are not more educated I suppose in the school system about the cruelty in the fashion industry when it comes to animal cruelty it is terrible to see so much um, misinformation and I suppose unawareness when it comes to what's going on um, in the real world with with topics like this but anyway Glenn Close she really wanted to embody the idea of a character that not only I suppose loved fashion but also took it too far and that's what happens I suppose in, in most in most life cases when it comes to sometimes in the fashion industry um, we have incredible designers but what happens if a designer takes it too far and they lose the whole point of their design and things like that when it comes to the production lines so that's what really came across in this movie but we see a lot of black and white being the theme and I suppose when you think black and white you think about corporate world but also you think about um this idea that this person is very much so what you see is what you get and what you see is what you get with Cruella she's just she looks mad with the um, outfit portrayals but she is also eccentric and there's there's no color in her life you can truly see the character from the beginning to the end she lacks that emotional depth she lacks that love and passion for life and creativity all she has is her fashion and I suppose there's a lot of creativity in that 
but there is no other colour in her life and that's why there's such a hint of this black and white throughout it. However, um, we can see her um, pairing up with bold red lipstick. This, this character really took a play on the Chanel French-inspired designer and they really try to use those French um, era of the 1920s to display this character with such a boldness but also that sheer elegance when it came to the silhouettes and the eccentric hairstyles which she used a lot of grease um, in the movie there's a lot of hair oil used um, the hair designer often said that and the hairstylist I mean the hairstylist often said that it would take something like three hours um, for Glenn to actually wash the hair after um, one set day because they had so much hair oil in this to keep these eccentric hairstyles being really dramatic but also like they were like literally solid in place there was so much hairspray there was so much oil but in the movie we see the use of polka dots as being a, a big theme and again in the 1920s even the 1950s polka dots were definitely very much so sported again they use beautiful sequences and pearls and diamante and we see this pale white skin again of the 1920s with the smoky smoky eye trends and i suppose lots of fur lots and lots and lots of fur and you've got these meticulous slick back greasy look hairstyles the statement bows on hats and the suits and jackets these were all big bold outfits that they made them wear in 101 Dalmatians we had we also would definitely saw the tweed and the beaded organza with the capes again they were huge in Cruella de Vil and that would have led on to Cruella Vil de Vil 2 so this movie really spired out and took up a lot of major awareness there was um they also helped fund a lot of charities that fight for animal welfare. So that movie grossed serious, serious income. But we'll hear about that in a moment. So, guys, that was Tom O'Dell silhouette. So continuing on, um, Cruella, in 2021, they released another movie. But that one's just titled Cruella, nothing to do with 101 Dalmatians. However, they took that character archive of the famous Cruella and what they decided to do was do a modern uptake on that design. And with that, we had um, the award-winning actress Emma Stone who played Cruella in this. And again, the designer for this movie was Jenna Bevan. And what Jenna said about this was that she used incredibly simple looks to create incredibly complex dresses. And Jenna also won two Oscars for the design of Cruella in 2021. Um, in this movie, Emma Stone, who plays the lead Cruella, had 47 costume changes. And again, she said that it was an impossibly stylish supervillain. That's what she said about Cruella. And again, the era that they decided to go with was to inspire with the punk rock evolution of the 1970s London. So again, they kind of left a little bit of the 1920s look behind and they decided to go a little bit more bold and make it their own, going with a more punk rock kind of version for Emma. And I suppose what she said is that fashion is a weapon for this character, Cruella. Um, she uses it to overshadow the loneliness and the challenges of... Um, 
that she faces with the establishment. So I suppose in this movie, Emma definitely goes bold. At the beginning, we see her starting off and she cannot seem to break into um, the building and the establishment with the Baroness. She can't seem to get on well. And so she decides to go all Cruella on it. (laughs) And she um, goes through that bold transformation with her personality. And that's what happens again. We see that breakout transformation with the fashion. So what was interesting is about about the designer, Jenny. She went through a lot of vintage stores. Um, Notably, she went to Portobello Road um, Market in London. And she was very fond of the vintage affairs that went on there. And the one in particular where she got a lot of uh, clothing stock for this movie was called A Current Affair in L.A. And she gathered so much clothes from there. Again, as I say, she tried to reuse um, famous vintage clothing again and get it at rock bottom prices. Because again, with all these movies is they do obviously have so much of a budget and they really, really, really had to go through. One thing, actually, I forgot to mention earlier, I found out about 101 Dalmatians, is that the character that played the lead, um, she actually had a clause in her contract um, where she could actually keep the clothes um, and all the costumes as well that she got to wear in the movie. And Emma actually made a clause as well to do the same. So again, they all get to got to keep the clothes that they wore in the movies. Um, some of these costumes notably took literally two weeks for them to make. And they often spent hours and hours in fittings. And some of these corsets were so tight and restrictive that in order to stand up in some of these outfits, they actually had um, armrests that were specifically specifically made for them because it was so strenuous standing for like 12 and 16 hour film shoot days that in these corsets, it was a lot of um, pain, for, pain for the box. So sh- they could like rest in these arm sets um, that they made for them, which is crazy when you think about it. Like, But what was actually great was later on, she decided to donate this clothing to the Indiana University for Students. And they got to look at this clothing and study it for inspiration Um, And then they got, again, a lot of these costumes that they actually were able to use little pieces from and recreate and recycle. So that grossed literally um, millions of dollars worth um, for these colleges and saved them an awful lot when it came to having to source abroad. But it was really, it was definitely close. Like she loved costume design and she had wanted so badly to be a part of 101 Dalmatians. The same with Emma Stone as well. Emma, even in her past roles, um, fashion was definitely a thing for her. She loves fashion. So both these actresses really piloted to make sure that they could be in these movies because they just wanted to be a part of what was being created again we see the puffy chic coat dress and that was made entirely from bubble wrap and that dress took six weeks to produce like it's crazy when you think about the time and effort and style and creativity from the mind and planning that goes into these dresses they mean so much for the designers and i suppose there's a big awards um that a lot of them are building up to as well afterwards. The most iconic gown, however, was the red-lined gown. And that was produced with ostrich feathers in ornate flames. And they actually had painted glass. So I I didn't realise you could actually wear glass um, in dresses, but that was a thing back then, apparently. But they wore... She basically incorporated painted glass into this dress. So definitely not something you'd want to fall over in at all, at all. 
Um, again, what was really cool was they got to bring home some memorabilia as well from the show. And one of them that she decided to bring home was an iconic telephone. Um, you probably remember it from the, one of the scenes, but it's a red telephone um, and it has a black um, a black dial in the middle. And she got to keep that, actually. The movie, however, it, <laughs> it took 67 million dollars to produce um, 101 Dalmatians. Coming up behind it, it took 57.5 million to produce Cruella. Um, but one third of the cost in 101 Dalmatians, which is the 67 million, one third of that went alone just to the fashion in that movie. And half of the expense went to the fashion in Cruella. So again, there was so much emphasis put on uh, the pricing and the costing with everything. It was definitely a huge thing with movies. There's these budgets set aside, so definitely they have to be very thrifty and they have to be very clever when it comes to budgeting because they have to not alone just hit, fit the main actresses, but they also have to fit the side actresses. The thing which is really interesting about film is that, you know, when it comes to the seasons, whether something's winter, whether it's something is summer, clothing can be used to exploit um seasons in a way that you may not have to necessarily introduce in a film that it has changed season they can just do that by using details like clothing just to move the story along so it's so important um when it comes to clothing and fashion for film but we're going to be hearing a little bit now about um the cruelty with animals when it comes to the industry of fashion but so guys, that was the Princess of Egypt and that was used in the new Cruella movie. Anyway, so here's some facts for you guys. 360 million animals are exploited each year for clothing and that is just in the USA alone. Isn't that insane, right? But it actually is billions of animals worldwide and they don't actually have an official number in it because they cannot be counted. Um, China comes in number one, the number one country for producing animal products for clothing. India is the second number one country. Um, but what's been happening is that waste, I suppose in third world countries or again, developing countries, waste is a huge problem. So a lot, of, a lot of times what happens is the, the waste um, of the animals, even parts of animals, it's, it's actually scary what goes on. A lot of that is let run and flow into rivers and that's causing a lot of diseases to spread and people to become very ill. The most popular animals used for fur are foxes, mink, chinchillas, rabbits and dogs. The largest producers of fur are located in Denmark, Poland and China. And in 2014, it was exposed, undercover of course, <laughs> that China had been labelling cat and dog skin as cow skin. And this can be a, a problem that seems to continue on <laughs> into America. We'll hear a bit about that in a while. But every year, 1.4 billion animals are exploited for their leather. And these are cows, water buffaloes, kangaroos, sheep, goats and pigs. In India, cows get chilled. This is real. I found out this and I was absolutely shocked that in India, um, when they're trying to move the cows along and make sure they keep going um, to the end of the line, uh, they actually rub chilies in their eyes and this keeps them moving. And sometimes they even get their tails broken. It's actually horrific. But the more and more I start to dive into it and find out what actually goes on, 
I was really, really shocked to hear that a lot of this is just... Now, in fairness, if you want to go and check this out, I would recommend um, one of the sources I particularly found awesome for information was sergiaactivism.org. So that's S-U-R-G-I-A activism.org. Again, um, they have some great sources that are very accurate and very detailed on everything that goes on. But exotic ant leather, this comes from animals such as alligators, armadillos, snakes and ostriches. Um, these are often mutated, they're often shot or they have their spinal cords severed using, manic, using a mallet or a chisel um, just so we can take their skin. It's actually crazy when you think that a lot of this is let go on. There's a lot of horrific things that take place when it comes to harnessing um, skin for leather or I suppose even wool or um, fur for coats and it's crazy what goes on in the industry but basically this now really shocked me when I found out about this but in Bangladesh and India um, particularly in these in the tanneries these are called um, children work to produce these dyes and these leathers right and the like undercover they found children a lot of them barefooted and they were in among these toxic chemicals like arsenic and chromium um, which are known to cause cancer but they were in these guys um, in their bare feet and all this all these um, dyes and leather all are shipped to factories in Europe and USA for production for fashion labels um, but what's found out is that basically which is crazy that happens is they're standing among all these chemicals they're breeding all of these things in but all the waste that comes all off these are just allowed as i said earlier to flow into the river and that causes more problems further along down the line for people who are consuming water especially third world like developing countries like india is still a developing country um there's a lot of poverty still there but you know it would re it really surprised me um their treatment of cows because in India it is usually probed for being known for a place that you know really kind of worships their cows and there's a lot of places that literally just take play just take um take ownership and they really really mind cows some cows are even brought indoors however there is another side to India um the opposite side of the scale where you have cows that are brutally um brutally treated so that really really shocked me um, but here's what I found out, that leather is the least sustainable material of clothing. Um, so what's actually great, though, is, so here's a bonus, though, that synthetic leather, it has half the environmental, environmental impact that authentic real leather has. But in 2017, Cradle to Gate um, analysed that fact so they found that that study they they came about that that leather was the least sustainable material and it's bad when we think about leather like i often see people we all wear you know leather purses today a lot of people still wear leather shoes um leather belts like tommy hilfiger are known for their 100 percent leather um and there's still a lot of clothing companies um throughout the world but what i did find out about leather it's not it is not cruelty free which was really kind of sad to learn. But anyway, alternatives that we can use to leather is pineapple leather, made from pineapple skins, apple leather made from apple skins, and cactus leather made from cactus skins. 
These are also a lot, lot cheaper to produce. Um, but again, it's just about really raising awareness. The more people that kind of talk about these things and, you know, make better, it's like little things you can do is make better choices. Like, where are you shopping? What are you shopping? Anyway, so here's some countries I've found out where fur is banned. Um, fur is banned in the Netherlands, Austria, Croatia, Serbia and Slovenia. And what was really, really cool is as part of the Dog and Cat Protection Act of 2000, and I know it's only 2000 that this came in, it's crazy, like 22 years is actually not a lot when you think about it. What has been happening up to before the 21st century is insane. But anyway, the US basically banned in 2000, they banned the importation of dog and cat fur and skin. And a consequence of breaching this law anyone who did would face a $10,000 fine. However, unfortunately, due to a lot of similarities in the texture of animals, cow and dog, sheep, pig, cat, (laughs) due to their, I suppose, their similarities in skin texture and the way they are produced, most manufacturers um, accepting that in from into the States, they've often been misled by appearances and have brought bought illegal skins and furs thinking that they were purchasing legal animal products that have been passed by the USA which is really annoying when you think about it because you they they spent so much time trying to pilot to get this act passed and however it's still not fully um successful it's still failing in the industry to you know to basically identify which is which but in 2014 it found that the US imported 8.5 billion in leather articles from China and (laughs) they have no kind of idea at all what leather they actually obtained because it's a mixture between what was legal and illegal Um, however the PETA organization agency have found an Asian facility killing 100 to 200 dogs each day, which were intended for USA sale. So they have definitely implemented an awful lot since that in 2014. So a lot is being done. There is over, there's like I think over 100 animal welfare groups and they're working in China to help stop some of the cruelty. And that was in 2014. Again, um, PETA found that report. Um, so it's great at least to know that there is some things starting to happen in China. But reason the reason why a lot of animal cruelty is still happening is because in China in particular is because a lot of their offset of because they they have a big meat production over there. A lot of their offset of the production of meat is the fur and the skin that they do not use. So they're kind of still using that excuse that they're more so just um producing from that alone but again it's when you're they're thinking about economy um the head of china they're all thinking about economy so it again little things like this it does really come into morals every country has a different set of morals and values and laws so again it's all to in keep with one another but what is good though is that people are starting to become a lot more mindful due to social media and people are looking into vegan cruelty free ways brands labels clothing how can we recycle how can we reuse what we have instead of this constant consumerism needing to purchase more and more and more 
Anyway, guys, we're going to hear another track now from Katrina on the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, because yesterday was beautiful weather, and I think tomorrow's meant to be lovely as well. I'm not sure about the weekend, but hopefully we'll have some sunshine for tomorrow. So, yeah. so guys, that was Dua Lipa Physical. So, getting back to topic, <laughs> we were talking all about the animal cruelty in the fashion industry. So, I had just said earlier that far farm... Farm, fur farming <laughs> farm fur. fur farming is banned in the Netherlands Austria, Croatia Serbia and Slovenia and what is great to hear is that currently they are trying to ban the importation of fur to the UK so some brands that have really helped the industry um, some fashion labels I should say are ASOS they have dropped cashmere mohair and silk You've got H&M. They are also using vegan, cruelty-free cactus leather as an alternative to our authentic real leather. They have changed. They're using cactus leather and little movements like this when it comes to labels that have a lot of attraction and, I suppose, power in the fashion industry. It's when you see... um, clothing brands like this making that effort that is what will spiral out and again as i say it promotes awareness among my my own generation younger generations and older future generations to come but we're going to have a little chat about um angor rabbits so another type they use um, in the fashion industry a lot is the angor rabbits unfortunately these are exploited as well and these are picked for their fur. So farmers actually hand pluck the fur from live rabbits, causing them to actually quite screaming pain. Um, they won't share. <laughs> unfortunately, they won't um, shave them because plucking obtains longer fibers and that generates more money, more income. Again, with ducks, 840 million are used for the supply of duck down feathers that are used in duvets. Um, so they go through that same process of that live plucking, which is just excruciating when you think about it. Um, silkworms. So for the silk trade, there is one trillion silkworms killed every single year. And just think about this. It takes 3000 silkworms to produce one pound of silk. And silk is the least sustainable fabric because of its use of fossil fuels. When I think about those figures and I take into context what animals have to go through just for us to uh, use, I suppose, clothing necessities, but there is definitely a lot more ways around this. Thank God we have technology today that we can look at ways to avoid having to put animals through this crazy um, intensive in experience just for humankind to live it up in the material world. I think it's really, really awful what actually goes on in the fashion industry and definitely um, it's little things like these things where we talk about these things, we make better choices about our shopping habits and where we, we actually spend our money because supporting these by bur- by purchasing fur or by allowing, I suppose, I suppose, even when it comes to wallets with leather and things like that, I'm definitely going to think a lot more um, and become a lot more conscious since after doing all this research, um, even about the wool industry that I don't really want to talk about because I just got really overwhelmed with so 
much that goes on that again we have no idea about what goes on so that was crazy to hear about all that but guys I would like to thank you so much for listening in today tuning in and lear- I suppose learning along with me all about fashion in movies I suppose 101 Dalmatians like when it came to I suppose the animal industry for dogs and things like that like it's it's crazy to think that a movie like that would literally spiral out and like that movie alone um, because of that it gained so much attraction for younger generations when they became aware like in that movie you see so much dogs um, being put through the cruelty and that only shows really one eighth apparently of what actually goes on guys there's so much beating that animals take and we have no idea what goes on out there so definitely let's choose better shopping habits um again as i say thank you so much for listening into historic looks fashion hooks next week we will be breaking down all the clueless movie looks the designers there and their whole fashion process when it came to gathering materials for the design i'm delighted that the more and more i look into movie fashion the more i learn that a lot of designers are very quirky and um sustainable in how they obtain these designs using re- like reusable materials recycled materials vintage clothing offcuts they are definitely a lot more thrifty than i would have realized but anyway guys enjoy your evening let's hope i think i'm looking out now and i can see a little bit of sun out there so hopefully you have a beautiful evening a beautiful drive wherever you are the last song of the evening is madonna vogue and yeah so <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in have a great day guys take care that's all from me kira bye